This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello and welcome to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Bobsled, an Acadia company. And today I've got as my guest, Andrew Lipsman, who is the Principal Analyst at Insider Intelligence, focusing on retail and e-commerce. His recent coverage includes grocery e-commerce, retail media networks, D2C brands, social commerce, holiday shopping, and Amazon Prime Day. Previously, Andrew was SVP of Marketing and Insights at Comscore. He's been a regular contributor to the Journal of Advertising Research and is frequently quoted by leading news organizations, including the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Advertising Age. Andrew is also the author of the Insider Intelligence Report called Retail Media Networks Perception Benchmark 2022, which launched in March. And that's what I wanted to bring Andrew on to talk with us about today. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hi, Carrie. It's great to join you again. Yes. And so this report is a first, I think, for insider intelligence and a real sign of the times in our industry of how much attention retail media networks are getting from brands, from retailers, from maybe competing ad platforms. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how this came about. Yeah, well, so one of our big initiatives this year has been to ramp up our benchmark reports. Our clients find them really valuable. And along with that, retail media has really reached a fever pitch. Now, my mandate is really to cover the broad spectrum of retail and e-commerce. We've beefed up our team quite a bit, so we have others who can cover a lot of different topics. But I will say that about 70% of my time these days is going to retail media and related topics. Mm. And I could easily spend 100% of my time. The demand is that strong. So we really wanted to better understand kind of the broad landscape of retail media networks. And you know, a lot of times it gets focused around the grocery and CPG opportunity, but it is much bigger and it's across many, many categories. So we wanted to take kind of more of a bird's eye view and ask retail media ad buyers what they want in retail media networks and how some of the biggest ones are performing. Mm. Yeah. And so on that point, what is actually important to advertisers in terms of deciding which retail media network to invest in? Yeah. And I'll take a quick step back and just talk about who we surveyed. So this was a B2B survey. And we surveyed 145 brands and agencies is actually skewed very heavily to brands specifically. So it wasn't like overrepresented by agency folks. And two thirds of the respondents were from large brands with at least 500 million in annual revenues. So this wasn't just like a long tail survey. What they wanted, number one, we asked about 13 different attributes of importance. And number one was traffic scale. So, you know, as a first point, I think as they're thinking about investing in multiple Mm -hmm. different platforms, where do those dollars go first? You want to go where the audience is, where the buyers are. So that jumped up to number one. And then the next few dimensions, I think we're kind of on a similar theme, which is reaching the right audience. So they cared about 
traffic quality and ad relevance and things of that nature. Yep. That makes a lot of sense, traffic scale. And from my perspective, as someone who runs an agency providing advertising services to these brands, I can say that like Amazon is a more complex advertising solution than, for example, an Instacart. And Instacart's made great leaps and bounds. No knocking on Instacart. It's just doesn't have as many bells and whistles as Amazon does. But in terms of staffing that, whether that's with an agency or a consultant or even an in-house team, it's almost as much work to be staffing an Instacart kind of advertising channel as an Amazon channel in terms of overhead and reporting and optimizing campaigns. So if you, from that perspective, of course, all other things being equal, you'd want to be optimizing for traffic scale. So that makes a ton of sense. Right. You have to prioritize the biggest opportunities. And one of the other things that we found, we asked them how many of these platforms they were using concurrently, and it concentrated very heavily around two to three platforms. And then there's a big drop off after three. So my sense is that once you get past that third one, it gets harder to manage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What were you sort of surprised about in terms of criteria? Well, you know, I think we had to look at the bottom of the list and a couple of things that were lower on the list, offsite targeting actually was not really a strong priority today. That's something I'm personally very bullish on. I think it's a huge opportunity. Our retail media advertising forecast pegs that at about 10% of total revenue in the space today, but it will be growing at a faster rate. What is um, offsite so I, targeting? You know, working with third-party publishers, so right. leveraging that first-party retailer data and then partnering with third-party publishers on the open web or even into new channels like Connected TV, so there's a ton of opportunity here, especially being able to leverage that first party data. But my sense is that most of the market just is not that heavily invested in it quite yet. So it was not the attribute of highest importance. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So this is what advertisers say that they want. But from your perspective as an analyst, what do you think that they might be missing? Like, is there some bit of medicine in here somewhere? Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I also think is being missed is the importance of offline sales data. We actually got some mixed signals on that one. We did see with CPG brands that they did place some high importance on it, but it still was kind of middling in its overall importance. And I think the reason that offline sales is underappreciated, one, I still continue to hear that it's not as far along as it could be in terms of using that data for targeting and then also for attribution. So I think, you know, you hear a lot that there's just silos between yeah. that online data and the offline data. Those pieces need to get pulled together. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of clarity once those sales figures are pulled in, particularly for attribution. Mm -hmm. When you can start to understand the importance of an online ad, particularly upper funnel ads driving offline sales. Because those offline sales are, depending on your category, 80 to 90% of all sales. So you can drive a fairly subtle or modest lift on sales, but you're doing it at a much bigger scale. So the total sales volume that you can move when you bring in that piece is so much more. I think there's going to be a lot of clarity once those data are brought into the space, but I just don't think the industry is quite there yet. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I noted that in an announcement from Walmart about their 
roadmap for 2022 included more closed-loop attribution, which is really exciting and it's like the dream of heaven for (laughs) the digital (laughs) marketers is closed-loop attribution, you know, online, offline. We get to see this customer was shown an ad and then they ended up buying that widget in store a week later. That's the absolute dream. But I I am a little sceptical about how quickly that's going to eventuate. Yeah, we need to see the rubber meet the road here and actually see that data live and actionable and as close to real time as possible. And that's the key. Huge opportunity for Walmart and Kroger in particular. And I think they're making progress. But to me, this is the year. Like if I were those two companies in particular, that would be priority number one, two, two, and three. I don't know. If I was Walmart, my priority would be switching from a first price auction to a second price auction format. (laughs) Which according to the announcement, they are going to be doing that as well. So that... Yeah. Well, it is lagging lagging behind Amazon and Instacart at this point. So yes, I don't want to discount that. And certainly advertisers get a lot more confidence (laughs) when they have that second price auction. But I think nothing has the potential to move more spend into Walmart than having really good actionable offline data. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. So retail media networks, they're obviously competing against each other, but they're also competing against other advertising channels like paid social and display and search and things like that. So what would it take for retail media network sort of as a whole to get more or less popular as an advertising solution? Yeah, well, I think there's all the momentum behind it and it's only going to get bigger. I mean, I've talked about retail media as the third wave of digital advertising after search and social. I'm not especially prone to hyperbole, but I feel pretty confident saying that I think this third wave is destined to ultimately be the biggest. I think there is still so much untapped potential. If you look at just our forecast over the next few years, we're expecting 10 billion in new spend to come in in 2022, 2023, and 2024 until it's about a $60 billion market here in the US. And it's still in many ways just getting started. So I see it sitting at the intersection of three huge marketing dislocations. The first one is just declining TV ratings, right? This has been happening for a long time, but there hasn't been anywhere better for those dollars to go. So the actual ad spend in TV has remained remarkably consistent, even though it's chasing fewer and fewer eyeballs. It's looking for somewhere to go. The second one is obviously the deprecation of third-party identifiers and cookies in digital and particularly with social. So that's being disrupted. And then the third one, which I think is kind of an underappreciated trend, maybe because it's still fairly early, is the digitization of the store. All three of these represent huge opportunities for retail media to grab more spend, and they represent huge pools of ad spending, right? The $70 billion TV ad budget, the much, much larger digital advertising budgets, particularly in social, and then in store, if you think about how big trade and shopper marketing spend is, all of those budgets have the potential to migrate. We're seeing them start to migrate. They're entrenched, so they don't move easily, but they do move over time. Yep. I think we also generally think of retail media networks as serving consumer brands, but there's also a lot of opportunities for non-endemic brands to be advertising on retail media platforms like insurance companies and banks and other consumer services or even business 
B2B goods and services. So there'll be some inflow from a non-endemic advertiser population as well. Yeah, I mean, three of the biggest advertiser categories are telecom, financial services, and automotive, Mm. right? And at first blush, you wouldn't think that they would move into retail media, especially if we're thinking about retail media as primarily search. But if you think of them as major national media-based brand advertisers, what's the best way to reach the audiences that they care about to build their brand and also reach the right people at the right time in life stage, right? So the, I think sort of the classic examples are a new parent, right? You can tell based on what somebody's buying at Amazon or Target or Walmart, Mm -hmm. if they're likely to be a new parent and to be able to market life insurance policies to them or, you know, a minivan, there's just huge upside. And I think non-endemics are starting to appreciate it. To me, what I think is going to be the kind of light bulb moment for the broader industry is coming this fall when Amazon actually gets exclusive rights to Thursday night football. This is you know traditional high-rated TV that if you want to buy into that programming, you're going to have to buy through Amazon's advertising platform. And I suspect that many of these brands haven't really done that before. So once they hit that moment, it's going to be an aha in realizing how powerful it can be. Yeah, that's a really great point. Gosh, that's going to Amazon's been like the in third place in terms of ad volume behind Facebook and Google for a while, like pretty far behind in third place, making up ground. But that's really going to accelerate that, isn't it? That lost ground. yeah, I mean, if you think about Amazon's growth, you know, to the 30 plus billion dollar ad business that it is today, so much of that has really been driven by SMBs. Yes, we've seen a huge shift of national brands moving into it in the last couple of years in particular, but you know, the majority of it has come from SMBs. When you start to unlock those big national media budgets from large brands, right? This is where Amazon takes that next leap. It probably isn't too many years into the future where it starts to really give Facebook a run for its Mm. money at number two. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exciting times. So you hosted a session at Shop Talk on this topic with Todd Hastenfeld from Colgate Palmolive. And I know that besides that session, you spent a lot of time hobnobbing with attendees about retail media. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what some of the common themes were from your conversations around that event. Yeah, well, we had a great session. Todd, as you all know, knows more about retail media than most people will ever forget. He had a lot to say. And what was interesting, just to know how much it resonated, was after the session, there were lots of people lined up to talk to both of us, more to talk to Todd. He's quite a commanding presence. But we fielded all sorts of questions. And I think there were a couple of things that really resonated both with those people that we talked to and in general, from what I heard around the conference. The first one is the importance of that offline sales data piece. I think during my talk, I actually made a point to say that I thought it was probably the single most important growth lever for retail media. And I got something approximating a hallelujah from somebody in the crowd. (laughs) So that's always a good signal that you know you're striking a chord on a certain topic. The next one, which is a trend that I've been following and frankly thought was probably a few more years into the future, but it resonated pretty strongly, was in-store digital media. We're starting to see more digital signage in stores and retailers having their own networks of different flavors and varieties. 
but they're starting to appreciate the importance of having those advertising experiences in store near the point of sale when it's contextually relevant. So I think that's an important next phase that's going to happen. It'll take a little bit longer to materialize because you need to actually get the screens into stores, but I think it's more imminent than I appreciated. And then the last one was a ton of excitement about retail media networks internationally outside of the US. I heard specifically about Latin America a number of times. And a lot of that I think originates with Mercado Libre. And then obviously Amazon's a big player there as well. Southeast Asia, I heard a lot about Coupang and South Korea and Shopee. And then also a lot of excitement coming out of France in particular. I know there's some key players on more on the ad tech side in France, but that's another market that I think that retail media is getting pretty hot. Interesting. Great. So big fan of yours, Andrew. Love the report that you put out. Extremely thoughtful and knowledgeable in this space. And we were talking before the interview, just how much is going on with retail media and we could spend our whole lives learning more about it and getting into all of the trends. So I know that this is a big passion of yours. And you have your own podcast as well now. Could you tell listeners about that and what other projects you're working on that might be interesting? Yeah. So we kicked off at the end of last year, a podcast that's kind of a sub podcast to our Behind the Numbers podcast. And it's called Reimagining Retail. I co-host it with another principal analyst on our retail and e-commerce team, Susie David Canyon. And each of us kind of hosts episodes every other week on different topics. So I've spent, you know, I really focus a lot of mine on the intersection of retail and other trends like advertising and media. So I end up covering quite a bit on grocery and retail media in particular. So come check that out. And then I'm also, you can find me pontificating on retail media topics often on LinkedIn as well. Excellent. Great. Well, thank you again for joining us, Andrew. And I'm looking forward to talking more about retail media with you for the rest of this year and probably going on for a long time in the future. This train is not slowing down anytime soon. Not slowing down at all. Thanks again for having me, Kiri. I appreciate it. 